0: Hi everyone and welcome to this week's Strength in the Number show and we really appreciate you tuning in in these very, very challenging and uncertain times. However, the great thing is our profession and our finance community have been doing a number of really great things and one of those over the last couple of weeks was done by the Outperformer uh, who held a virtual finance world summit and what happened there was it took place virtually uh, at various different times across the world and was uh, joined by over 1,000 finance leaders who, like most of us, are also facing into the challenges that come with keeping businesses open and the essential services running during this COVID-19 pandemic. So in this week's episode, we are joined uh, by two speakers from that summit and also two previous guest mentors on the show, Lance Rubin and Chris Argent, to wash up some of our key takeaways from the summit. And we also talk around the importance of the yin and yang in finance. Also how we can use financial modeling as opposed to data analytics to get ahead of a post COVID-19 world. Also the opportunity that current times offers us to reconnect with knowledge and embracing new tools like Loom, Zoom, Slack, Trello, et cetera. And also how to take the right actions whilst we're in this pandemic as well as afterwards and how to build a community. And within that community, the importance of sharing ideas, creating a safe space so we can ask dumb questions that are going to see us emerge more successful now this podcast has also been videoed as a video call lance uh, chris myself had so that's available on youtube and we include the link with this post and before we get into it i just want to say i hope you're all uh, keeping well staying safe and looking after yourselves your family your friends and again really appreciate you tuning in to strengthen the numbers so without further ado over to the show Hi, everyone. Welcome to this very special edition of the Strength in the Numbers show. And we've got two fantastic guests today, uh, Lance Rubin and Chris Argent. You might have heard or seen them before. They've been on our previous episodes of our show. And uh, Lance and Chris were both on the recent Virtual Finance World Summit 2020. And uh, it couldn't have been better timing because some of their conversations were around the adaptive finance function and also practical Uh, practically getting uh, the digital finance org set up so a lot of us are already dealing with those sort of things now so what better opportunity than bring them onto the show Um, but before we introduce lance and chris just sort of wanted to say we're going through some very interesting times and some of the insights you'll get from this special edition uh, will be very helpful to you your friends and colleagues but we also must recognize those that are working in the front lines for us and say a big thanks to them uh, for putting their lives on the line for protecting our communities Uh, so that the rest of us can have this conversation and listen into these conversations. So uh, before we get into the show, just introduce uh, Lance and Chris. Lance, would you like to maybe sort of share a brief background for audience who may not be as familiar with you?
1: Sure. Uh, Thanks, Andrew. Um, I also want to shout out to Brad um, for hosting the Virtual Finance World Summit and the Outperformer. Um, I think um, it it was a great opportunity. I work quite closely with Brad, um, primarily uh, to help. Um, in the financial modeling and now also the analytics space. So um, Chris and I had a battle a while back for those that haven't heard it. It's still something I listen to whilst walking the dog and I I chuckle and it's great about Excel is dead. So um, I'm, I'm an Excel nerd. Um, I love financial models. I've built models for small projects, startups and IPOs and project finance. So, um, but I've got into Power BI since Chris and I last um, battled it out and And I'm loving analytics as well. So, you know, for me, it's about the decision making. So my elevator pitch when people say, well, what do we do? We help businesses solve complexity by helping to them, helping them to make relevant, informed and purposeful decisions with insight. So for us, it's actually irrelevant what the technology is. It's about the decision and it's about how do you make a relevant decision that's informed and that has purpose and and is actionable. So, um, you know, the way in which you do that is almost irrelevant. If you focus on the value of how you make that decision, um, then that's, that's, that's critical.
0: Hey, thanks for that intro Lance. And, uh, before we get on with the, the, the battle of resume, bat the battle over to Chris, uh, <laughs> Chris, if you mind maybe no. introducing yourself to everybody <laughs>
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm uh, Chris Argent. I um, I started out in finance and uh, sort of rose up through the ranks to divisional CFO and then moved into digital transformation probably about uh, 10 years ago now. Um, the traditional sort of finance transformation and uh, about sort of three or four years ago, um, I decided sort of helping finance go on this data journey that I had been on, and we sort of coined the phrase digital finance now. And uh, in short, I'm just on a bit of a mission to try and sort of revolutionize the roles in accounting and finance. Um, it's a big ask, but I think the opportunity is massive. And um, it's great to talk to people like yourselves who are sort of thought leaders in this area, whether it's on the business partnering side, which is a perfect match to the sort of digital and data skill set, or whether it's on the digital side and we argue about how we get stuff done, um, all, in, all in good humor. Um, I, uh, I love all that conversation because it's, it's what's needed and it's a massive learning journey for uh, finance to go on. And um, I've set up a, a network and a website called Generation CFO, which um, points to a lot of content and uh, a lot of learning that people can do um, on this journey.
0: Thanks for that, Chris. And you know what? It's fantastic to have both you uh, and Lance on the on the show today. Uh, you know, we're in different parts of the world and that's a sign of the times we're in. Um, but to kick it off, um, if um, if you were sort of looking back at the fantastic uh, summit that the Outperformer just arranged, and again, perfect timing, virtual in nature, accessible to everyone around the world, what would have been the key takeaways for you uh, if we were to wash up from from the summit, maybe Lance has come to you on that one.
1: Uh, thanks, Andrew. I think that for me, um, the collaboration between all the speakers and the interconnectedness was fantastic. So I think um, if I think about uh, Michael Flindurka who spoke about automation, uh, and, and even some of the some of the opening discussions that Brad was leading, um, led into some of my discussions around um, financial modeling and how important that is during these times. Um, and, and Chris, um, uh, you know, it, it, uh, it does bring me warmth to compliment you, Chris, my, my, my arch nemesis, that, that he had a great slide, like me, in the, uh, like, like, you know, we have these opposite ends, and, and it's, you know, him in the middle, about, you know, myself being more tech-focused and solution-focused, and then you have, you know, Brad and, 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 and others, and, and Andrew yourself, being more thought leader-focused around partnering, um, and Chris sort of being the meat and the sandwich and bringing it together. And I think that's, that's really great. It's, I, I feel that, that the summit really brought some great content, but at a full
2: spectrum um, around. This, this is my yin yang, right? <laughs> Your yin yang slide. <laughs> my yeah, yin-yang. The yin yang slide
1: yeah. is, for those yeah. that haven't seen Chris's um, <laughs> talk, you definitely go have a look. And the yin yang is great because I think we all need to understand different parts of the finance function. And there'll be people in our team that that will gravitate to the modeling and analytics world and the technology world and the automation world that that Michael spoke about. Um, And then there'll be people in the transformation space, um, which is where, where Chris focuses on and actually leading change and understanding the digital finance landscape and all of those different mechanics, but not getting too hung up about the tools to to the others around okay well you've got the tools you've got the transformation how do you add value how do you actually communicate better um, you know so there's some great uh, speakers on there um, also around you know strategy with Rob um, and and I think um, you know to just rounding it out you know Brad's just done a great job pulling it all together and just picking up some really good things and I think the overall summit was about being purposeful um, and deliberate around some of these things and I think that's the thing that's key is, is that a lot of webinars are fluffy around some stuff. It's very sales focused. Yeah. Um, you know, there was no one that, that I saw. Yes, we all work in our businesses and we all got stuff on, but it, it, for me, it you know, yes, there was a bit of introduction of who we are, but it was about helping the finance team get what we were doing and, and, and transitioning and, and, and awareness. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think for me that's, that's
2: the key. I, I think, um, as you say Lance there's there's a, still a lot of learning to be done so you know we with what we're trying to do is educate people to sort of take action right and what i loved about the whole series was like i said i was trying to think of how these people sit together and and how it's sort of relevant for people signing in because you sign in for one person maybe and then you get 12 speakers and you're like wow do i sign up to every single one and do i listen to every single one so it was just this simple yin-yang, which I'll describe very quickly. You know, if people aren't aware of the yin-yang single. It's sort of, it, it's about sort of opposites that complement each other. So you've got light and dark and, you know, hard and soft. And it's a sort of Chinese philosophy thing. And um, the, I think with me, I've seen these two massive trends, these mega trends. One is around creating value in finance and finance Business partnering is what we're kind of calling it in the UK and many other countries. And then to enable those business partners to have really good, sensible conversations with the business and not our kind of traditional, you know, measure and tell off because of poor results kind of approach to reviews. You know, to really give value, we need to start working on the data and the digital side. So I sort of came up with the yin yang and um for me, the really important bit is, and which is where I focus, is the bit in the middle, which is bringing these two sort of crazy opposites together and educating everybody that, you know, they're complementary. And if we can understand each other's worlds a bit more, then, you know, we can all benefit from it. And, you know, I Lance, I encourage all the work that you do to sort of sit within finance because the sort of the meeting of the minds between, you know, accountant and business and, and digital skills is massively powerful. And that's kind of what we call digital finance. And I think everybody kind of had that, that message weaved into the summit, which is why it kind of sat really well together, um, whether you were at the business end or the change end or the, the digital end. So I loved it.
0: And, and, and I, you know, just, just going through with that theme, Chris, this sort of digital now i mean transformation if if, if most people are going through it, uh, it whether in accounting practices or even in, in corporate finance and um, these programs seem to take a while right so like so like what happens to those do they get sort of put on hold um at the moment or are people still working them through
2: uh I, it depends it depends sort of size of company y- you're in um And it depends, I think, how they're set up because, you know, we we work in a particular way where we don't physically have to be anywhere, you know, and people who are working in arguably sort of temporary short term projects or programs, you know, they are, they just want the best resource in the world to come together. So the chances are they're working remotely. Um, and working in all these new ways that people are working now, but we've been doing it for years and kind of take it for granted um so I think that some of these programs will continue, some of them may stall um depending on how they're set up but I think the the one thing to acknowledge here, as we've all done from the very start is that you know people might be mega busy just trying to survive a cash flow issue or you know an operational change so you know, if we have to pause some of these sort of bigger changes, then I think that's okay. But we will come back to them very soon. You know, you see the green shoots in, in China already, of, you know, people starting to, you know, go back to work, cafes starting to open again, and you know, there's momentum building there. So yes, it's a bit dire now, but I'm sure within a short space of time, we'll get back on track. And what one of my messages, you know, d- without going into it too much, is that that massive change where projects do have to come to a solid halt when we get to sort of blockers like this. I think they're they're an old way of working and they don't particularly work very well in finance. You know, finance is a unique offer to the business. We're specialists in what we do. Um, We're highly numerate, and that's a skill in itself. And then you lob on digital and this is quite a complex thing we're working with. So I recommend small change and small incremental change over a number of years, just like getting your exams and qualifying, you know, you need to do the same thing on the digital side. You might not have to do it yourself. You might partner up with people. You might work with people like Lance, but you know, that is, that's a small change evolution, even though I encourage everybody to take on this role revolution, because I do think it's that fundamental to finance.
0: Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's just because, because we had a previous guest mentor on the show and he described uh, this sort of transformation as better. Never stops. And yeah. like, if you're doing these big exactly. programs, you can see them coming to a halt because you yeah. know, the people are getting around the table. There's probably more pressing priorities, but if the changes are small. There's that compounding effect. And uh, to your point, momentum. I mean, I mean, Lance, you know, I, I suppose coming over to you then, right. Um, you know, with this sort of, we're living through this COVID-19 crisis at the moment, at some point, it's going to have to be some momentum shift, a momentum that Chris mentions, towards bringing our skills to the, to the fore. So I think uh, modelling could be a, uh, an interesting one to look at. Is that, is that something that we should be doing now so we can get ahead of when we start returning to business or modelling the impacts on our business? of so this, I mean, when's the right time to be modelling uh, at the moment?
1: Oh, uh, look, I mean, I'm a bit biased. I think you should always be modeling <laughs> because, because I, you know, I, I just don't think, um, I don't think that business is simple anymore um, um, in terms of understanding. I think we should also be using data analytics. Um, but, you know, I guess right now data analytics is less relevant because we've got unprecedented um, time. So any data that has been historic is going to be, less valuable, depending on the data set, of course, right? Even if you look at, you know, we're trying to look at um, data around um, swine flu and and Spanish flu and start looking at correlations. But what's everyone doing right now with all of these cases is they're modelling. They're modelling, you hear about the government's talking about modelling, they're modelling their decision and their social distancing. Um, So modelling is actually very, very important right now. And I think people will be more open to it so I think it's a great opportunity to learn financial modeling. Um, and, and, and I think this is our big challenge in finance because we're so used to black and white and modeling is a bit of gray, right? Actually, it's a lot of gray um, because really there's so much uncertainty, so why bother? But that's not the point. The point is not to get the answer. The point is to have a tool that you can look at multiple answers and look at a distribution of answers and then make a decision. Of course, Decisions don't get made in a vacuum, but we know if revenue is going to fall through the floor, we're going to run out of cash. So what do we do? What do we do with our staff? What stimulus packages do we get from government? And you put that into a calculator like Excel and see what impact that has and and what impacts that has on the business. And so I think, you know, it's an incredible opportunity to learn. I think also, so one part is the application, but also the learning and the, the opportunity to sort of be all stuck in our house we're all stuck at home hopefully most people are, are observing that and so um, you know if you're not on a zoom call you know what are you doing um you know you're probably spending time with family i think it's a great opportunity to sort of check uh, and sort of um, capture the moment and, and use the time wisely um whether it's like i was said to said earlier you know playing with hammer beats with my daughter <laughs> playing table tennis with, with my son or learning financial modeling or building more tools. I mean, even for myself, I I did a webinar, sorry, I attended a webinar, one of the first webinars I haven't attended in in ages on data visualization, because I know even my data visualization skills have a long way to go, particularly within the Power BI sense. So I think we have an opportunity to learn these new skills. We've got more time, uh, we've got different pressures, um, but we're also more isolated. So I think, Mm. you know, isolation breeds some really challenging mental challenges for us. And so I think, how do we keep our mental health up? I think we've got to stimulate our brains because you're not getting stimulated with human interaction. I think we've got to stimulate our brains with learning. You know, it could be learning you know, digital finance and some of the concepts that you talk about, Chris, or learning about financial modeling or learning about analytics. But you know, we're gonna have this opportunity to sort of really reconnect with knowledge Um, and even the tools, right? So, you know, we, you know, we we spun this up in less than a week, um, you know, jumping on the, on the zoom and, um, you know, so I think, you know, for us, we just used to working this way Whereas a lot of corporates are still struggling with that transition into the new digital world with all these tools of Loom, Zoom, Trello, and (laughs) Slack. (laughs) These are are tools which I've been using for four years and I, and I love them. And now people are like, oh, wow, there's a tool that does that.
2: Yeah, Zoom and Slack are doing pretty well at the moment. I would have thought <laughs> someone's doing all right. Yeah, no, I think back to your point at the, the very start there about how people are dealing with uncertainty and, and potentially challenging the fixed mindset that we find a lot in finance. And for me, you know, even when you model and scenario plan, I think finance people see that forecast as an absolute number. And I, and then we go to the business and sort of through variance analysis, we say, why didn't you hit that number? You know, but it's, if you compare that to the coronavirus situation, you know, wouldn't we be spending all of our time working out why yesterday's numbers weren't quite right instead of fixing the problem today. And I think that's, if there was one thing that finance takes out of this, it's sort of like a mind shift change that, you know, intervening into the sort of, the results and the operational nature of the business and managing risk as you go is is much more valuable to the business and solving problems and that's kind of the shift where we need to go. Whether it's you know data visualization, modeling, data analytics, you know there is value in all those things. You know it just depends what questions you're trying to answer. Um, but I think for me, you've just got to the first point is thinking differently about your role and saying, right, you know, how can I help and and how can I intervene? And how can I use this data to make better decisions instead of saying, right, we've now made our forecast and I'll come back in four weeks time and tell you whether it was good or not, <laughs> you know, but I've got this thing against variance analysis. I think it's a sort of, if you talk to anybody in your business, the business will tell you that, anybody who talks to them about a variance between actual and forecast is just pissing them off because it, there's so many variables to get that right or wrong. Uh, overall, was it a good performance? Overall, was it a good thing to do? And, and we have to intervene much more regularly and quickly and sort of, you know, value led to, to sort of bring that benefit to the business. Um, you know, so starting with the mindset and then all of that other stuff can follow. And and Lance, you're right. As much as we bang on about technology, I think we both say the tools are kind of the fourth thing on the list. You know, we argue about Excel is dead or whatever, but you know, it's like, how are people approaching this? You know, what is the problem we're trying to fix? How can we bring value to the business? You know, what's the process to get this from a conversation to a dashboard or whatever it is. And then it's like, well, okay you want to use power bi i want to use something at an enterprise level you know it's it but so it's not about that we've got such a learning journey to go on before we even talk to the technologists there's
1: something that you said chris which i think is great so when you go and you you march to the business and you say you you're behind plan you know um you know why or or what you know Mm. the thing that people have to stop and think about is so what so what, so what, I'm behind plan. And then the next question is now what, right? So I think we've got to, we've got to move away from the backward looking, this is what happened and you naughty person or you naughty business or, or, or whatever and, 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 and move that conversation forward. Like the rates of infection or the rates of infection, whether they're right, wrong or whatever, it doesn't really matter, but the trajectory is not good. So let's do something about it. Let's self-isolate, it. let's lock down. And let's look again, right? Let's put action into the numbers, not just, you know, sit back and say, oh, bugger, we, you know, we've just lost a thousand people, you know, um, overnight, you know, I, you know, I I just think that's relevant, but we've got to move it to action. And that's exactly what you're saying. I think we've got to move the conversation into less about the tools, but more about how do we actually get this stuff through?
0: Yeah, Lance, I I, I do agree with you and Chris, but this, um, I think it's the right type of, type of action I think you're getting to. And I think it comes back as well to the point you've both been saying about mindset. Um, you know, like I was, you know, it's great to see that there was a world company I know and um, they, they, they reached out and they were sort of trying to bounce off ideas about uh, implementing a business partnering program. Great, we're in this particular time. It's a, it's a good thing to consider. But they were running straight to the tools and the how and the what. They weren't thinking yeah. about why. why am I doing this? Getting the mindset right. And I think that's going to be the challenge for a lot of us, uh, particularly for those in finance who, um, you know, might be sort of furloughed or or laid off at the moment. And I was talking to someone about a hotel chain. They laid off 80% of their finance team. Mm. And, you know, that's a warning signal. People in finance should not be laid off. Not because uh, we're special in any way. We've so much value to give to the business. Mm. But I think that's, you know, if you see finance getting laid off, it's because there's probably the wrong mindset there. Either within the business or in in that finance team, and it's a bit. I, I, I'm going to draw a parallel with this crisis. Is that the people who are staying at home, taking the right purposeful actions, are the ones who probably have the right mindsets around this about this crisis? But there are people out there who who perhaps may not necessarily feel the need to stay at home, who may not feel the necessary the need to learn. You know. Mm. So how can we help those people adopt a better mindset? Not not selfishly speaking, but for the betterment of our whole community whether the society we live in or a finance community how can we help people get that better mindset what do you guys don't think? we
1: just I barricade them and, and lock them up lock them up or give them a <laughs> <That's
0: what> they <laughs> well I, I'm, I'm more of the swear. constructive uh, <laughs> type of mindset but well, no no i think you know if we were to look back ourselves and we said okay did we do the best things we could do to contribute did we do enough ourselves that's the sort of way i'd come with it I've, obviously we could lock yeah. these people up
2: but <laughs> I, I think you know for me <laughs> You, it's sort of for anyone to take action. And, and I, I look at this model a little bit in the presentation that we did with Brad, but anyone who wants to take action, they've got to be getting two things right. You know, they need to have a level of motivation and they need to have a level of ability. And if they're, if you're highly motivated, you're highly able, you're going to do stuff. So if I've got, I don't know, if I'm responsible for, for, for scenario planning right now, I'm not even going to think about this. I'm just going to be saying, right, I need to get on with this. I need to create scenarios, but I might be really high unmotivated at the moment. And i would be thinking, you know what? I don't want to look at this stuff. I don't want to change because I'm not motivated to do my role. And you know what? I don't have this ability and you want me to learn right now. So people are massively distracted. Mm. So I think you've got to, you know, the motivation part is really difficult because it's very personal. So on a general level, you need to just build out ability and you need to encourage people to learn in very small steps, whatever it is that is a priority to that team. And the team is going to be different for everybody. Some people are going to have business partnering teams. Some people aren't. Some people are going to have a data team. Some people aren't. So it's kind of assessing the need and then building it out on very small steps. And, on the learning side, you know, how many people have downloaded Zoom Slack, you know, over the last couple of weeks and just got on with it? You know, I think yeah. we can continue that that journey for people.
0: Why, why, why does it take a good crisis? <laughs> you know, well,
2: because it's, because, yeah, absolutely. Because when I talk to finance people, the, the the most common thing is I don't have time for this, Chris. Or <laughs> well, I don't, I, you know, it's, but the, the, it's almost like you're spinning on that wheel so fast you can't see that there's an engine over there if you just pick it up and lob it on the hub you know you it's just that people need to realize that the world is changing and you know we're doing a lot of education in this area and we're starting at very high levels you know we're not talking about the nuts and bolts of you know a, a Monte Carlo simulation or working with machine learning you know we're talking about you know this is data visualization you know this is why a biz- person in the business might you know act better if they see a number like this or your relationship with the business might be different if you approach your conversation in a different way really high level learning to show people that there's a different way of working um but we take really small steps to get there and i think at this time people are enabled to do that themselves you know there's sort of coursera and you know even linkedin learning ted you know, YouTube. There's loads of places to learn, um, and there's probably a video for everything out there as well. If you don't want to sit there and read, um,
1: yeah, I, I agree, Chris. I think I think you know, um, and and you've got to come back to what you're doing, right? Uh, strengthen the numbers, right? It's it's actually um, your your podcast series um, and and the discussions that you've had is a great way of learning. I mean, I, I still quote Chris on when I explain RPA. I say it's a micro-macro, a macro-macro, and a versus a micro-macro. Like everyone understands macros in Excel, this is a macro-macro, right? Now, I would not have found that definition and the way that he articulated it so well, and now I use it all the time. And I do, I do, you know, give you the credit for it. I say, look, I, I didn't come up with this, but it's, it's, it's. So I think there's, if there's anything that that people need to take away from it's. It's, um, you know, the, the, the opportunity to learn and, and listen um, and get motivation and get, get inspiration from, from people and finance leaders around the world is, is, um, is probably where people should start. So I think if we're trying to help people who sort of, you know, every finance professional that I have met or, 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 or teach in sort of webinars or, or, or do face-to-face training, um, 80 to 90% of them are just confused. They just completely confused. They got no idea. They they know they need to do something, but they don't know what it is. They don't know where to start. There's just this mass confusion, and then there's there's tools being thrown at them left, right, and centre. You know, they're being asked to do all the sorts of new stuff, um, and you know, by God, learn Python and coding and machine learning, and you know, like it's it's just it's just a joke. I mean, I think yeah, you've just got to look really give people space. Um, and, and I think, you know, now's the best time for that, you know, because we're going to be in our homes. We, we're not going to be venturing out. So I think, you know, listening to, to hopefully more more people will be listening to this, but I I think that there'd be an opportunity to really, um, and I think you said, uh, Andrew, that you've actually seen a drop off in numbers during this crisis relative to other times. So I think people are, you know, to probably Chris's point, people are still trying to grapple with, with, the technology change and working from home, let alone, you know, you know, tune into a podcast. I think, I think that, you know, it's going to force the change. I, I, I feel that the crisis is going to force some form of um, adoption of the, the, the tools and technology.
0: It's, no, I think, I think you touched on something there Lance. And like, let's use the numbers for the strength and the numbers show podcast. Like they were significantly down last week. They seem to have jumped back up again. But I do feel that it could be related to talking to folks, it could be related to habits. And we just get ourselves into these habits in finance and that sort of usual um, sort of spinning disc record player, You know, um, you know, we're too busy to, to think about these new things. I'm delighted. I'm delighted people have stopped chewing in just because it was part of their commute. I want people to be purposefully thinking about their next steps in finance and how we can go and not just help our organizations through this crisis, but also uh, our society, so we're all better positioned. I mean, um, you know, the frustrating thing for me is that someone, again, via the show, sent me a link uh, to a, a Bill Gates TED Talk uh, from 2015, talking about the next big sort of crisis of humanity will be a sort of huge epidemic, yeah, now a pandemic. Well. You know, yeah. and it's just like, but Lance, with what you share with us on, on modeling and with, with Chris talk about digital finance in terms of how we bring the analytics and stuff together we had the power in our profession back in 2015 to get ahead of this and we didn't. So, yeah. so what can we learn to move on here? Like, what can we be doing? Yeah.
2: You know, everyone's going to be in very different sort of places right now. And it, it, you know, again, if, if people need to focus on their mental health and, and physical health or families, you know, that's absolutely the priority. But I think what I would say is that, you know, that what we try to do, in a, in a normal case is very similar to what we, we try to do, uh, you know, now and because our project approach kind of fits into any company at any time. And you know, the tools that people are now working with are actually a massive step forward, you know, mm-hmm. for, for me and, and us, I'm sure because a lot of the time, like you say, it's like, I don't have time for this. But the first thing that we try to help people to do is kind of build a community within the business or build a community, you know, across the business or in their profession. And it's like, how do you build a community? Well, if you're on Slack or if you're on WhatsApp, but you just start adding people, start adding people who are relevant to your problem, relevant to your learning. And then I think the the, the two next steps are, are critical f- for me. And it's about sharing ideas because I think a lot of people forget to actually sort of bring everybody together and to share ideas and say, you know, what is this about and a safe space for people to ask dumb questions like, you know, why don't we use pie charts or what, what is, you know, RPA or you know whatever it is that just a safe space to sort of share ideas and ask all those dumb questions. And then you're in, you're getting closer to a starting point where people have got these self insights, they start to realize there's a need for change. And that's when, you know, we, we have to start creating time. And I think the shift that I've seen in the last two years in the digital finance space is that whereas before everybody was double hatting on this stuff, maybe even triple hatting, you know, it's like, Oh, who wants to do the data project? You know, who wants to play with all this data and come up with something? It's like, yeah, I do. I do. It's on top of your current job. The shift that I've seen recently, even in sort of smaller companies, medium sized companies, they're getting data teams together. They're getting people to come in. They're getting partners to come in. So there's no longer double hatting to arguably create the time. Um, but obviously if, if you have been furloughed or if you feel you have time or the focus now, like your learning goes with you wherever you go, right? Your learning goes in here and, and walks to the next job. So, you know, I would encourage people to, to sort of, create that community. It doesn't have to be a company one, you know, share ideas on this, you know, ping me, ping Lars, ping all of us, put everybody on this sort of 12 person summit that we just did and ask those questions, you know, you'll get replies and then you start to see where this is going and then you will, I'm sure you'll naturally start to shift to those small changes and you know, the small learnings and you know, you'll, you'll find time to do this stuff. And ch- change for me, you know, now I sort of view this quite differently is that change for me actually is all about managed learning. You know, if you are going to make any change, it's not about having a big town hall or a big inspiring CFO saying, yes, we're going to do this. And then no behavior changes happen at senior management team level. So why should I bother? It's actually, you know, it's small change over time, managed learning. Um, and if you've got time now, Start learning these new digital tools. You know, for one, explore what we're talking about. Um, you're doing it naturally through hard change, uh, downloading lots of Zooms and Slacks, as we said. Um, but it could be Power BI, or it could be you know a book on sort of being an audacious finance business partner. <laughs> Seems to be oh, selling I quite write well at the moment. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's what not need the top ten. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I, I think i think i think um you know we're, we're also very fortunate now i've used this background which has got this nice little um donut chart which yeah. if you haven't a donut chart, start using it but i think i think we've got a fantastic opportunity um to really look at data in a different way and how that it really affects our lives and understand modeling in how it affects our lives um because we're in the, the middle of a crisis so if we actually think about what is happening right now, I think we have a huge opportunity in finance to help. I really, really do. I'm not just saying it because um, you know, it's the right thing to say. I think we have an opportunity, provided we have the right mindset and, 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 and we, we have the right mental strength to deal with it. We've gone through so many challenges as a finance professional through month-end closes, through year-end, through dealing with auditors, through dealing with all the stresses that any normal finance professional would have gone through. Um, dealing with crises around the numbers being wrong. I mean, every single finance professional has had a situation where someone said to them, that number's wrong. And you're like, why? And then they give you an example and then you say, okay, yeah, it must be. And then you've got to go and, 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 and unpick it. So I think we, we're in an existential crisis at the moment of humanity. And I think you know we can really use that as an opportunity to leverage uh, our, our way of approaching problems and the way of being calm without getting too emotional. You know, I think a lot of accountants, a lot of people see accountants as boring and flat because we're calm and sort of we, we've built this res- resilience around being boring in, 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 the eye of the storm. And actually whilst that's a, um, in, in one way one could say derogatory, I actually think it's a bit of a compliment because I think we can keep calm in in these situations, but also look at what's going, keep our eyes open around some of the amazing visualizations and tools and data that's flying around to really help and understand and see what the world of data is gonna give us. Um, but really understand that how dangerous that it is as well. Like data is actually quite, like you've got to really realize that data is the new oil and it is very powerful. And just like my tweet and my LinkedIn post today around um, an absolute data visualization fail by, um, the ABC news. You know, I I think we've got to really see these things happening around us and, and, and and learn from it, but realize that we can help if we, if we have the right mindset.
2: Yeah. I, I, I love the, the example that you give there about the visualization fail. And I think, you know, that's one thing that people could have a bit of fun with right now. It's like, look at the, information that's coming out from various sources download, from
1: yeah, you can you know, download all the data from yeah. the
2: government all the way down to you know a guy in a room who's put an app on the front of something and well, that's and, this
1: right that's this this thing here. yeah exactly you know
2: buy up. me a coffee don't know anything about the guys you know but but have a critical eye you know look at these things and say well you know does this give me the information that i need straight away or, or do i like these colors or you know what's what's this actually telling me because you can take all of this It's quite personal to people at the moment. So I think they will invest time in sort of thinking these things and it's exactly the same sort of thinking that you're going to have in your business. It's like, is there a problem that we need to solve for our, you know, marketing team and is there a way of presenting this information or is there data available to construct something, whether it's a understanding the problem more or fixing a problem or visualizing a problem, modeling a problem. It doesn't matter. It's like, Start having those thoughts about you know why why does Chris not like pie charts you know is is he is he being you know just a techie nerd or is it that we really can't understand them as human beings very well you know or what's the what's the most significant KPI at the moment you know is it infection rate that's sort of undetected or, or, or or detected, you know, is it, is it the death rate? You know, what is it and what actions can we take out of this? Because I think a lot of what we try to do in business is make sure that any insights given is actionable. Whereas a lot of the information at the moment, it, it kind of like, and to your example, Lance, it sort of goes out there into the ether and people just expect you to like it because it's information. It's like not all information is equal you know, I want you to tell me why I should be staying in my house for the next three months, to be honest. So is there a way of constructing information to to do that and communicating that in a way? So I really want to do that. Um, And I think, and have an opinion about this stuff, because that is a skill that you can take back to the business in the next couple of months. Yeah. So we
1: should, we should re-record this in six months time and look at Sweden. Sweden have decided not to lock down that decided they're not gonna do any of those social distancing measures. well um, oh, sorry, they are gonna do social distancing, but they're not gonna lock down, right? And they're gonna and they're not gonna close schools, they're gonna keep bars open, and they're gonna basically say, we're gonna treat you as adults and make sure that you behave as adults. And we'll see how this goes. And so I think it's um, you know I think it's 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 gonna be interesting. So Christy, your point is like, well no, no, show me that I need to know the data first. I mean, come on, I mean the data's there, like you look at china, you look at, like you look at the people who've come out of it, and the only way that they came out of it was the fact that they went into lockdown and the fact that they were really strict with lockdown, particularly in china and so you know it's it's fascinating when humanity, when you step back and you look at what's going on in the world right now, when you've got leaders, particularly I was quite vocal on socials around Australia not locking down quick enough um, and we know in and you look at what's going on in the U S and Trump and, 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 and the crisis there. I mean, there's, there's flight radar again, a great visualization of the number of flights that are live in, you know, um, at the moment and the U S is still covered with flights. Like there's just people still moving around and and flying everywhere. And so, you know, to your point point, Chris is like, uh, you know, you can have data, but if it's not important to people and they don't care, well, it's meaningless, you know? So it's gotta be, it's gotta be fit, fit for purpose. Yeah. An actionable.
0: So, so I, I suppose then, uh, chaps, in terms of wrapping wrapping this up, I thought we've had a really great conversation, and I think that's a very sort of important point to begin uh, ending on. Is that you know people have to care, you know uh, whether we got the data or making the right decisions. I suppose what would your parting thoughts or audience be? Uh, maybe we start with Chris on that one.
2: I, you know, I think there's a, everyone's got different priorities at the moment. And, you know, there's there's certainly, you know, family first approach in my house. Um, I was on a, I was in, interviewed the other day and someone said to me, you know, what's the thing that you took most for granted when, you know, before um, COVID, um, coronavirus. And I said, it's my family and my relationship with my kids, you know. So I, I think, you know, look after yourselves first. Um, but then, you know, if you, have, if you have any time after fixing all the immediate things that need to be done, um, you know, think of, of maybe creating a list to say, look, where are the pain points during this transition? You know, what are the things we could be improving on? Um, you know, what, what on the people side could we look at? What on the process side, the tools side? Um, and maybe build up a bit of a list. And, and like I say, start using the tools that you're already using um, that you're already sort of being asked to use to, to build a community. Um, you know, I, to use an example about a bit of insight, you know, I reached out to someone in my Slack community in China and I said, how's it going in Shanghai? <laughs> and, you know, they're a CFO of a medium-sized company and they gave me a sort of finance version of what's happening you know it's not the the abc or the, you know the cnn it's a finance version of what's happening and it was it was really insightful i think those communities these networks and this sort of learning as we go is is an absolute priority now and it's 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 on it's on you guys so if you have any time then you know please invest it wisely because we have a lot to learn that could benefit us when we go back and, and we will get over this you know it's uh the green shoots are in China, so uh, within two to three months, I'm hoping that everyone's feeling that they're, they're getting back to normal. Thanks, Chris.
1: Um, yeah, I guess I'd echo what Chris was saying around um, the community and learning. I think for, for us, um, you know, it's a perfect opportunity to sort of help and understand the crisis that we're in and, and where we can add value. Um, and, and, for, and for businesses, that's around cash flow. Um, so I think, you know, it's a key to understand what it's like, how come right now suddenly cash is the most important thing? Why hasn't it been always the most important thing? And so I think, you know, it's a really great opportunity to stop and think and think about how we add value and, and in what ways we, we can contribute to to, to the business um, and, and, and I guess to the society as well. So I think um, recognizing that, Uh, In today's times, cash is critical, cash is survival. And so um, understanding how we can improve that through conversations, through understanding, through modeling, through analytics, through all the tools, but really realizing that um, it's a scarce resource, cash. Um, And and I think the other scarce resource is time. So, you you know, in the end, you probably even actually more scarce than cash is time, right? We're not going to have, please God, this crisis again in our lifetime, right? It's here now and we have the time. So let's use it and spend it wisely. Um, So whether that's reconnecting with your family, and I think that's probably, you know, probably one of the most important things. But again, you know, what are you going to do to make sure you've got food on the table for your family as well? Because if you're not caring about that and it comes back to cash, then obviously you've got to juggle those two. But in the end it's it's make sure you use the time wisely um, and understand the cash and understanding how cash interacts with the business and a three way cash flow model, you know, is important um, in, in understanding how to add value in a business. Businesses are not valued on just PE multiples, they look it's cash. People buy value in, in, in cash in dollars.
0: Awesome. Well
1: or well, pounds or or euros or whatever <laughs> else
2: all the above. bitcoin
0: yeah thanks yeah it's a global audience so no, thanks thanks lads thank you chris i really appreciate making the time uh for us today to share those really really great insights on this special episode so so thanks fellas and uh, again look after yourselves and, and again look after each other and our communities too and let's keep building our strength in the numbers take care thanks andrew
2: thanks
0: guys. so there you have it hope you enjoyed today's show If you'd like to know more about our guest today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter